podcast. Find us on Facebook. Email us at headtoheadpinball@gmail.com at gmail.com or go to our website, headtoheadpinball.com. See you. Welcome everybody to the Head to Head Pinball Podcast. This is episode 79 and my name's Martin and with me... I'm Stacey Borg. <laughs> is, is, is that how Stacey speaks? I, it's, uh, yeah, it, I'm not Stacey Borg. I'm Jeff Teols. Hi, how you doing, Martin? It was uh, a pleasure to hear Stacey, a good friend of the show. And uh, just a reminder that, you know, when you put on someone like Stacey, it makes people listen to the podcast because there's no possible way you can listen at two speed with his high voice. I mean, <laughs> you've got to listen to every single word. And it made me realize why you Australians love Wizard of Oz so much, because half of you talk like munchkins. Is that really the case? <laughs> I love Stacy. He's a great guy. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to miss him not being on the show this week because, boy, I really want to hear more of his play-by-play of his Guardians of the Galaxy game. Just going on detail of how he missed the mode, this, that. It was brilliant. Loved it. God bless you, Stacy. And, you know, the one thing about Stacy is that – he makes Ryan C sound like he has testicles. So there's <laughs> a lot. <laughs> no, stop it. Stacey's awesome. So it's it's actually really interesting because I've said many times that Ryan and I, um, you know, the, the dynamic works because we don't know each other, but the dynamic works also because we have almost polar opposite opinions on just about everything. Um, Stacy, I've known for a long time. And so, you know, we talk about lots of things all the time. So we're fairly aligned when it comes to sort of our outlook on pinball and probably because we're both seeing it from a tournament perspective as well. Yeah, and you, you know, you probably have the same thoughts, finishing the same sentences. I love Stacy. He knows I'm joking with this. Of course, uh, he does. He um, so, <laughs> uh, yeah, that is interesting. And, and now, so you have to find polar opposites now that Ryan's in prison. <laughs> and hence why you're on the show yeah yeah well so, maybe he gets a phone call or something like that we'll have to see but anyway <laughs> thanks for having me let's begin the three-hour podcast let's do this <laughs> we'll see how we go um so let's start with some news uh and the first news is that we saw during the week an update from haggis pinball and guess what jeff what their pinball machine's not going to be shown at tpf Good idea, Haggis. It's a good idea. I'm excited to see the game. Have you seen the game being there? No, I I haven't. And the closest I got to to seeing the game was um I'll, I'll talk about it later. But during last week, I streamed uh, Deadpool at somebody that reached out to us um, via email, and they have a business in the, the city, and he's got you know four pinball machines in his company's like just their reception area. Um, and he knows them very well. And apparently he's seen some of it. And I was like, you know, on the side, I was like, oh, mate, so can you can you tell me what it looks like? Would not give me a single piece of detail. But he even he said what he's seen looks really cool. And there's some things that they're doing that's never been done before. I also really like the theme. Not just, you know, Wraith. Just when I was speaking to Damien from Haggis... He was talking about how the story unfolds, and it 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 genuinely sounds really creepy. So if they could get that right, I'll be very very happy to see it. 
come on, kids, let's go, <laughs> let's go play some pinball. <laughs> it's going to be interesting from what I've heard, and I really don't know much, much like yourself. I just thought you being right there, you might have heard a little bit. By the way, before we go on more about Wraith, why the name Haggis? It's an Australian company. Are they Scottish? Where's I, Haggis come from? I, that's that's. I think there must be some sort of Scottish connection. That's what everyone's saying as well. Like we, we we're going to get them on the show, and we will get them on the show at some stage. But it really is. Well, when's when's the time? to to really have them on is it when they've actually got something to show to talk about what they've got to show or no is it the answer yeah no no marty the answer is you get them on when they've done four other podcasts that same week all right so (laughs) once they've done special and lit and they've done uh some of the other ones then you get them on that's That's how it works in podcasting pretty much how it works but (laughs) again again or, or do we give get them on now to give us a bit of an update it's it's one of those things when when we've really sort of done our interviews we like to do them you know really when it's relevant when something has happened either a release of a machine or the announcements on the machine like in, in between we we just don't know where the timing is so but we'll get them on and we do, we obviously do wish them the best and I agree with you it is so much better for them to just not have that deadline looming and they can just get to it in their own time I hope that now that they don't have that deadline, it doesn't mean that they take their foot completely off the pedal. No, but if you show it at TPF and you're not ready to sell it, or it, even if it's, if it's months down the road, and we've seen bigger companies do that where they've had to wait for whatever production reasons or whatever the case may be, it's out of sight, it's out of mind, too many things come in, especially in 2019, we're going to see a lot of pinball machines every single month, perhaps, and uh, so when they're ready to ship, when people can touch it, feel it, have that impulse buy, I'm on it, I like it right away, that's when they should show it, so there's enough shows, TPF, yeah, that's fine and dandy, but you're going to be competing with everybody else that's there, and Correct. again, you know, the Monsters is kind of the new toy probably at TPF. I mean, we're only a few weeks away. Are you going to TPF, by the way? Yes, I am. Oh, I haven't, really haven't heard that. No, I haven't mentioned it enough. No, um, no, not yeah, yet. No, absolutely locked in, flights, accommodation, all booked, all ready to go. Um, yeah, that won't be the last we talk about it on the no, show, I'm it, sure. It, anyway. It really won't. Um, but I don't, I don't even know whether we really know what Haggis's plans are whether they're just the idea was to get a one-off boutique machine that was their deadline to get at tbf or whether they actually want to dominate the world by mass producing pinballs i don't think we even know that yet well if somebody who had a podcast in australia could get that information and i know you want to wait till it all comes out but a little teaser wouldn't hurt maybe yeah they would be accommodating you yeah, know, okay. Stace, get Stacey Borg on. Stace, Stace, Stacey's already on it. He's out there. Good. Um, but what they also did say uh, on this video, they did an even bigger tease about something called the Celts, which they said will be shown at TPF, but we have no idea what the Celts is. It's a Boston basketball team. Uh, the lots yeah. of Celtics. Um, I, I don't know what it is either. Yeah, I mean... it. There's a lot of uh, trial balloons that they're floating out there, but uh, you know we're all going to absorb it. We're going to be interested in seeing it. But uh, the one thing about teasing stuff, it it creates a buildup. You better live up to it. That, you know that's true. That- I, I think of Mafia when that came out. I, I had no idea this game was coming out, I, and I know they've reduced from 100 to 20. But boom, there it is. Yeah. Here they are. You can buy them. That was kind of cool. It was kind of cool. Yeah, um, 
but but the danger of that is and this is where it's such a double edge on this the the danger of that is that uh you then don't know whether the machine that you've designed is going to hit the mark if you know what i mean because it's now you've built them there's no way you can go back and change them they they i think they already had 10 machines built and ready to go and then when it came out, people sort of said, oh, yeah, but the layout, if you moved this slightly, if you did that, it's like, well, sorry, guys, it's all done. There's nothing we can do. And that was possibly why um, the reception after it came out was a bit cool. Yep, the the release, the launch was, was great. I was really happy with that. There was a video. There was 10 machines made. There was the pricing model. It was all there, ready to go but you don't then have the opportunity to revise what you've got there. So double edge, I think. I guess you really have to rely on the people that are manufacturing the game and having that kind of expertise, some people that are familiar with the rules, with layout, with design, with art. You you know, you if you took all the feedback, even if somebody as big as Stern Pinball, if they were to tease a game today in 2019 and show the play field, and give you a little bit of rules. You'd have some excitement. You'd have criticism. Which do you take from that? You just have to go with your expertise. You know, some of the 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 more experience you have with the bigger companies, you're going to know. Okay, this might not be something that we can mass produce. The geometry doesn't work on this. So the smaller companies have to really. I don't know if they have to reinvent the wheel. That's what's curious about Haggis and even deeper talking about doing different things we haven't seen before in pinball. There's some tried and true tested um, things that do work. So how much uh, of a, uh, of a Renaissance do we really want to see where it's just something totally completely different? Mm. Yeah. We've seen some, we've seen pinball 2000, try to do that. P threes try to do that. It it's comes with mixed reviews. So you just got to stick to your guns. I think. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you. And the, the, here's the difference though. Like the likes of Stern, if Stern wants feedback on its new model, that's coming out, they don't have to go external to their company because they've got all the experts there. Right, if they want to know how's this machine going to be in a tournament set- setting, um, hi Zach, hi Keith, can you have a play of our game? Which they do anyway. Um, if you want to know whether geometry is going to work, you've got the best designers in the world that know yep. what, what works. So they don't have to, to go with that. And so they they've effectively got you know their um, focus groups, their expert opinions all in house. But if you're a small company. You're not want to if you want to go out to the market to find that stuff out. You have to pay for it, so they go out to the public almost like it's really the only option they've got for. And you can't see my air quotes. Professional opinions on machines that are works in progress. Yeah, but I, I'm sure they've contacted some so-called experts, maybe in your area or Hmm. some contacts. Hopefully they have. I mean, think about it. They have an interest in pinball. So they must be fascinated by other machines, other designers, uh, other games specifically. So they had an idea. They're not creating a totally new game. It's still pinball. So I I would hope they've reached out to some people uh, and, and maybe people offer the advice. Maybe they have to be paid for that. Whatever the case, you know, I know 
a lot of us podcasters have been asked to um, give our opinions or feedback or test games, this and that. So um, they must know some people uh, at Haggis. And, and again, you know what? It's a small company like that or any small company. I know I won't ever pick on them because God bless you for trying to make this kind of game or even the homebrews, you know, they all start somewhere. And TNA is a perfect example of a homebrew. One guy doing it, making this a, a bigger company in spooky says, we'll mass produce it. And, uh, that's how these things happen. Iron Maiden was Archer, you know, that was just Keith's little project. So, who knows what could happen from this? But and, and I guess that those people are in those situations, and I, I think that's where they're doing it right because they understand the limitations of them as a commercial entity. Meaning, you know, if Keith has got this great layout in Archer and he wants to put that into production, he's really got a couple of options. One is to get somebody to make it for him. The other is to become a pinball company, right? And that's yeah. That's kind of, I think, the trap that some people have where they're saying, well, I want to have full control and I want to have all of the profits, so therefore I'm going to start a company. That's, that's probably where you're going wrong because unless you have extraordinarily deep pockets like Deep Root, then you can't do it yourself. So you can't have your cake and eat it. So go and get somebody to make it for you. And Scott Denisi did that with TNA. Keith did that with Archer, which then became Iron Maiden, gave it to Stern. He's got a happy life living there now in Chicago. So it's it's when people are sort of saying they want to do it all, that's the problem. And the main example I'll give, and, and I think it encapsulates all that we've just talked about when you get it wrong and that's our good friends at Homepin, right? Because nobody knows. Well, nobody knows who the designer is. So my, the, the, all I've heard is that there's about four or five people that have worked on the design. There was no um, going out to the market to get people's opinions on the layout. The layout is terrible. There's been no real tournament players or you know major players that we know of that were in the process of testing out the layout to determine whether it, it shot well. Marty, cut to it. What are you saying? Do you like this game or not? Everyone knows. Just, everyone knows. I, I hate it, but it's it's very easy for me, a person, to say, "Oh, your, your chalupa sucks." Right there, we go. There's a, a Frangi reference. It's, it's very easy for me to sit here and go, "Your chalupa sucks." What I guess I'm saying is why I think um, Thunderbirds missed the mark. Take Mike from Home Pin out of the picture. That that just adds fuel to to the flame there I think the problem there was um, a bit of hubris he's like I know I am the expert I therefore am going to go my own way and I'm not going to get anybody's opinion the the product's released and everyone's like well your chalupa sucks and he's like oh well you guys are just trying to be negative well no you didn't really seek any professional opinions along the way because you thought you knew it all I never knew how to spell the word international before I played Thunderbird. So in that sense, it's a home run. Um, <laughs> you're judging a machine on how many hey. repetitive shots you can make. Home run. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, but <laughs> you're right. You do need some expertise there. And uh, again, with, with Haggis, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing what's coming out. But, you know, I, I like the reserved 
angle that they've got right now. Let's just wait till we're ready. Yeah, Here it is when it comes out. So, agreed. yeah, we're excited, I, but agreed. we can wait. And, and it was similar to, similar but maybe different scales when uh, Deep Root a couple of months ago had to come out and say, hey, we aren't going to be ready by TPF. We will take the hit on our brand, but in the long run, it'll be better because it would be a greater hit if we met the deadline of TPF but had really subpar um, product out there. People would just crucify them for how easy he has said it is to make a pinball. If something is shown at TPF and it's falling apart or it's half-baked, people will stick it to him. So it's so much better for him to take the hit now on the the brand of delivering to TPF, doing it at a later stage with much better quality. What do you think? And really, what hit did he take? Because he hasn't taken in any money. You know, he's promised that all these games are going to come out. He never said the date. The goal is hopefully TPF. So they don't show up. Big right. deal. Yeah. And and I, I like that. You know what? The one thing he has always said was, when we show it, it ships within two weeks. Yeah. So that's still true. It, it, it hasn't proven to not be true. If, if he was showing it TPF, okay, you weren't ready to go. All right, well, then don't do tpf again there are lots of different shows there you can just do streams i mean um uh, yeah there's just other ways to do this and show the game Uh, so uh whether it's any company if you're not ready don't do it i mean we've just seen you know three plus years ago that was kind of the norm here's a teaser and then you don't see it even our good friends at jersey jack pinball you know everyone was excited at the chicago expo show not last year but the year before Here's Pirates, and it was exciting, and it is a good game to play. Unfortunately, the production problems caused a little bit of a delay, so that's a lesson learned, you know, and and they'll come back and be gangbusters here in 2019. I know they will. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right, and and that that shows where it sometimes can take a bit of a hit. I think, I say hit to your brand, I think that the double whammy with uh, Jersey Jack was I think it took a hit to the buying potential of pirates i think by the time it came out people's money that they had set aside had probably moved on to something else and i don't i don't think iron maiden helped because everyone's money went onto onto that machine um well that that's interesting you say that because i think of a game that came out now six years ago in 2013 in wizard of oz are they still not making that game in some form or another well, that's yeah. what we hear. You know, Yellow Brick Road Edition is going to be coming out. And, you know, he was at a seminar and said that um, I think Wizard of Oz has sold 4,000 units. The next is Hobbit at about 2,000 units. TNA, not TNA, obviously, um, dialed in. Dialed in. Was at about, I don't know, 1,300, 1,400 units. So, yeah, Wizard of Oz is, is really popular because it's it's a bit of a timeless theme, really. Sure, and but I guess what I'm saying with pirates is now that it's out and it's and we're starting to see it circulate more and more, and the code is good and the gameplay is fun and you know the mechanical uh, issues that were a production problem earlier have have now been resolved or there are are quick fixes. You know our good friend Carl Dingolo, uh, Carl D'Angelo, <laughs> he loves that game goes on and on and he put it in disc this year okay. and he just says it's one of the greatest deepest games little sneak peek for you and i've got a special treat for you later on the podcast so listen up but uh I'm, that's a teaser to get people to listen to the whole thing yeah yep, um, but 
Joe Katz will be on Pinball Profile in the next day or two. I recorded it on Friday, and he talks about pirates. And uh, you're actually going to see some more pirates being streamed this Thursday on Dead Flip. Uh, so that would be, I guess, Friday early morning for you guys. Um, but um, the the pirates thing, here's the whole point of it is, yeah, it probably hit, took a hit for the sales because of the delay. But as people are playing it more and more, they're like, I got to get that machine. And Jersey can, Jack can go, here it is. You know, we we can get it. Well, but he's also going to announce two machines this year, apparently. Well, I, I, sure. they were his words. And they don't necessarily have the largest production um you know, space. So something's going to have to stop on the main run for a new machine. Maybe they're at the stage where they think, well, 1,500, 2,000 units, that's all we need to sell. Don't know for sure, but no. uh, I, 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 again, it's going to be a good year for Jersey Jack Pinball. We'll see. Absolutely. And and back to Deep Brew. We hope it's going to be a good year for them. And just sort of also back on the previous point before we move on, um, that's another example where if you want the expert opinions on layout, rules, art, go and, go and hire the people that uh, are the experts in your field. And that's what they've done. I see that with all the companies now. Even American got Joe Schober, who's a great player. Yeah, and you've sure. had Josh Googler on and stuff. And, you know, we're seeing seeing good games come out of them. And uh, Spooky's got Bowen and Deep Root, our friend Stephen Bowden. So, yeah, every, everyone's got it. And that's... Uh, that's how you got to do it. It's making, it's making pinball great. Absolutely. So let's move on. Speaking of great pinball people from the industry, Joe Kamenkow. Yes. We've got some news. Congratulations. Yeah. The the news is he's going to the EKG Slot Awards Hall of Fame. Now, I know that is on the tip of everyone's tongue, just like the Grammy Awards uh, last night. And um, I didn't know what it was, but it is a pretty big deal. In fact, he's the first inductee because of all the great things he's done with all the slot machines, super, super popular games. And here's a guy that you've had on the program, uh, co-founder of uh, Data East Games, a really big guy in the gaming industry and getting some great recognition. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, it, it's great. Obviously, we did have him on. We actually had, had him on twice. But it's really great that he's still passionate about pinball and, and bringing some themes to us when... The reality is he would be making so much more money through the slots world and doesn't need to do anything in pinball. He doesn't need to at all. And, you know, we we have the Beatles pinball because of Joe. He didn't need to do that. Thank goodness he has that passion. You're right. I mean, it's not like he's making a ton off of that with only 1,600 and... Uh, sorry, nineteen hundred and sixty-four units, nineteen sixty-three. Thanks, Franchi, for not uh, covering well, up your game. I've heard they are going to make him one to make it oh, back to nineteen sixty-four. Okay. Make it the yellow submarine version for when it leaks again. <laughs> well, he's, if, if the art's the only thing that needs to change, it's the right person to have their machine needing a, a refresh because he's the one that can do the art. Yeah, I'd suggest watercolors. Hey-oh! <laughs> <laughs> Poor Franchi. Uh, I, I, you know, as soon as this airs, I'm getting a text from him. And, uh, well, I guess I can repeat those words on this show. <laughs> F this, F that. Anyway, well, he, so here we, we go. love you. So here we, we mentioned this before about Dinga and their licenses. But here's, here's a line from the article that, um, that as we'll, we'll link in the show notes about uh, Joe uh, being inducted into the Hall of Fame. Um 
He says, Joe, Joe also serves as... Well, no, no, here, here it is. Um, Zynga and Joe currently remain employees by Zynga and continue to develop social games based on beloved brands like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory and Harry Potter. You like the Harry Potter. Isn't that, doesn't that drive you nuts that they can make a Harry Potter slot machine, but they won't do pinball? It'll happen in our lifetime. Well, I, I don't think they've done a Harry, uh, Harry Potter slot machine. They've done Harry Potter. Oh, the Zynga game, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they've done social games. They call them social games, but effectively, you know, they're, you know, phone, phone games. Um, and there's this really interesting argument, and Ryan makes the argument where if you. Who? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Oh, the prisoner. We used to know him. Um, So, the Harry Potter mobile game, or mobile game, um, it's not gambling in that you're not, you know, leaving it to chance and something random comes up and you can win or you can't, whatever. But these social games are designed to take your money. You can't progress until two things either happen either you wait a series of a, a period of time or if you can't wait pay to progress and so they do make a lot of money and they're making a lot of money from children so how far is the stretch from that to be taking money from adults via a slot machine and then taking money from people who want to buy a Harry Potter pinball machine. Like, it's not that much of a stretch. In fact, I would argue that a Harry Potter pinball machine is less gambling than either of those two examples. Get off your high horse, Marty, all right? I Quit just want my fucking machine. Get <laughs> the fucking machine. You're the kind of guy that, you know, here in North America, one of the biggest candies ever made when you grew up was called Popeye Cigarettes. It came in a pack of cigarettes, and it was just little. It was just sugar in the form of a cigarette sticks, and it even had a fake little burnt part at the end there. And you thought you were cool because you were smoking a Popeye cigarette at the age of five. Sure. And it's because people like you that put a kibosh to this because oh, there's gambling for kids. Oh, those are cigarettes. <laughs> you would have loved those as a kid. Sure, I I, I did. They called we called them. Well, they were actually called fags when yeah, we yeah. grew up, but they then changed the name to fads. Um, yep. But it, I, I'm not doing a get off my lawn type moment. I'm just bugging you. I'm just, I'm sort of just saying. Um, You're right, by the way. I just, uh, it. just make it for God's sake. I don't know why they won't. I mean, you know what we can do, sure. though, to get a Harry Potter machine made. Who put together that Angry Birds flyer? Whoever at Highway <laughs> did that. Do the same thing for Harry Potter. Boom! There's your machine. You're happy. Jeff Patterson of Twips Happy, everyone who wanted Harry Potter, there you go. <laughs> Just make sure there's a wire frame uh, right near the flippers and, and have pop bumpers at the bottom. That's, <laughs> that is key. <laughs> Nothing says Harry Potter or pinball like that. I, I, so, know, I know it was last week's news, but just how much of a miss was that whole Angry Birds thing? Uh, I, I, I thought the theme was good. Uh, yeah, it's like good on you for trying. Yeah, I mean, the layout was... Again, you're probably sending a spec that really wouldn't be what the pinball machine would be, and you're sending it to people who don't know what pinball is. So, yeah, this looks good. Those are our characters. Yeah, there's the birds. There's red. There's the house. I see that these pop up. That was probably the attract mode for them to let's see where this can go. But uh, that's not how the pinball machine would have looked out, played. I hope it wouldn't have. It looked pretty basic, and I didn't I didn't really like it. But uh, the theme, 
a good one too. But Harry Potter, something will happen. It'll happen. Look, absolutely agree. And and look, one of the things that we talked about last week was on. They, I think you know, Stacy was trying to explain it to me. I couldn't work it out, but I did during the week. But but couldn't Paul, understand them or what? The, <laughs> but Paul Garner has actually written to us only seven hours ago, um, and I had actually worked this out during the week. But he explained it as well um, that. The 46-inch the screen that we're talking about, that the key was when they said transparent. I don't know whether you've ever, ever seen these, but these started popping up a couple of years ago. And the first time I saw it was in uh, vending machines. I think it might have even been either Pepsi or Coke, where the actual glass door um, actually had video, I was going to say projected onto it, but that transparent screen allows you to have video on the actual screen itself. So... What that was going to be with um, Angry Birds is the actual glass that you see through onto the playfield, they were able to project images and, and video onto that, which is cool technology. Um, a lot of slot machines use that as well, um, and it can actually be really quite effective. So different than Pinball 2000 as far as that kind of screen projection? Yeah, but, uh, the, the, sc- the, the projection is actually in the glass itself. Well, that, I, I'm sure that'd be neat, you know. Have you played a P3 game, by the way? Yes, I have. Okay. I, I know some people say it's not pinball. I have fun every single time I play that game. And yes, it, it, the flippers feel different and everything else, but I get such a kick out of playing that game. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not talking about competitions. I'm just talking about playing at, at a friend's place. I find it fun, so... Yeah, there's some innovations out there we haven't seen. This would might be one of them too with this uh, this yeah. projection glass. We'll see. I don't know. Yeah, look, the the only the only sort of downside to it is that um, when it when there's nothing that's been projected onto it, it's not crystal clear. Um, oh, because my understanding is that it's done um, by having like a, a very small LED dots that can change color. So think of it almost like a mesh. So it's not crystal clear, but that was, you know, two, three years ago, I, I saw that because um, I, I, part of what my company does is retail marketing. And so that's why we were sort of seeing that technology a couple of years ago. It may have improved by then. I don't know. But um, thank you for writing in, Paul, because um, that reminded me to talk about the fact that I kind of worked it out during the week what they were talking about. So that would have been cool. Ta-da. There you go. So, here's here's a topic for you. Uh, I was curious to know whether in North America, which I think somewhat you're in. Really. It's the bigger of the two countries. Whatever. Go ahead. <laughs> sure. Um, what we've noticed in Australia is there are a lot of machines right now um, on the buy-sell market. People are selling machines just... Like I, I, in unprecedented amounts, I'm just noticing it right now. In the last probably three weeks, the amount of good machines are up on the market. And I'm wondering whether it's to do with new titles that are coming out, like Beatles or Munsters that are coming out. Whether it's, and because of what the one machine that's really coming up quite a lot at the moment is Iron Maiden. Um, or whether it's something to do with the economy, because I don't know whether how your economy is performing, but ours is pretty much in the shitter at the moment. So I'm wondering whether people are offloading machines like that. But my first question really is, are you seeing that at the moment where there are a lot of machines up for sale? Yes. You're talking about the newer machines too, that games yes. that have been maybe yeah. a year or two old. Correct. Um, 
Yeah, I've seen it. You know what? I was just at uh, a distributor called Player One in Mississauga, Ontario, just near Toronto, Ontario. And I was talking to a guy I'd never met before. And I was playing some of the games. And he said, uh, um, oh, you know, I, I, what do you think of this game? Blah, blah, blah. And I, I said, oh, it's good. And he, I said, do you have any games? He goes, yeah, I've got 20. And I'd never heard of this guy. And I know a lot of the people around. And, and I said, oh, have you been collecting a long time? He said, no, eight months. So he's just <laughs> like into it. He's into it right away massively and i said oh okay so what do you have and he explained everything he had and he said and uh and i was playing iron maiden at the time and he said i have an iron maiden i just sold it actually oh i said what why'd you sell it he goes i'm getting i'm I'm flipping it for another game i go why'd you sell it it's a fun game and he said love it but i can't stand the music Mm, so that is that that is a factor that's the only fact i i don't know anybody who's played it and said, I don't like playing the game. The big thing is the theme in certain people's homes, right? Uh, I, I love The Walking Dead as a game, for example. I'm not putting it in my house because just it, the way it would look and stuff, but would I love to have it? You're darn right I would. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I might be able to get away with Maiden and stuff. But uh, anyway, the, the, I think there are people in that boat as well. So uh, the, last year I noticed that a lot with TNA. People were buying them, buying them, buying them. And then because they could sell them at, again, the cost that they purchased it at. They weren't really losing money, or maybe they lost the taxes, but they had some time spent on it. And, you know, they wanted to get something new. You're a perfect example of that. You know, you were all in on Iron Maiden. Oh, for sure. The, the LE, sight unseen, got it, loved it. The only reason you moved it was spacing. It's If, yeah. if the space was an issue, you'd probably still have it, although it did pay for your next machine. That's... Yeah, I, and that's kind of what I said. I said the reason why it did go is because it could go, and it went up enough money to be able to pay for the the new latest model that had gone up in price. Because, as I said, with our economy, that the dollar's just absolutely woeful at the moment, so prices have gone up. It it could pay for that, and so I could effectively rent a machine, which was Iron Maiden. For those people listening that haven't purchased a game, and I know it's a big investment, but when you do buy a game, know that you're going to get that money back. And like Martin just said, it is like a rental. So, you know, I, I think it's interesting that, you know, I know how much you loved that game and you even like the music and stuff, but uh, it was a spacing issue too. And, and the factor I thought was interesting is that you didn't want it because you lost that new in box feeling when Ryan put his DNA all over the game. and. <laughs> You had to, you know, it just it wasn't your baby, so to speak. So he's not touching. But did you well, get? Did you get that? Because obviously he had a go at me for that and said that I was kind of weird. Um, do you get the new <laughs> box experience? Is that important to you or not? I would say yes and no. If it's a new game that hasn't been on a location, and I'm getting it, it was a home use only, or in the case of your, you know, point, you were in. Pennsylvania and in North America for a month and then got it. I think I would be okay with it. Sorry to differ. I know no, that's okay. if Stacy was I, I I would be okay with it. But but I am also understanding why you're getting rid of it to bring in another machine. Totally get that. Yeah, cool. Um but if it was a routed game and it was new in the house, yeah, there's no connection there yeah. for me personally. Yeah, so uh I, I bought Guardians of the Galaxy and it's fun to have that box and you know, open it and, and you see some of the streams, our friends that straight down the middle do it where they unbox a game and, and it's kind of cool. It's exciting. And you, you get to turn it on and all that. Well, the box doesn't fit in my car. So when I bought guardians, 
they had to take it out. So I, I kind of did feel like, oh, I, somebody's opening my present. You right. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but uh, you know, it's still you're, you're getting the first play on it and all that stuff. So, yeah, there is a bit of a connection there. So I do agree. Yeah, cool. Good. Plus, it was Ryan touching it. I, yeah, gross. like, you know, God knows where it's been. Um, yep. Okay. So, yeah. We, we, I don't know whether we've really sort of answered that as to why it is. But the economy. I, the economy is certainly a factor, but I think space is the real big issue too. You know, I mean, I, I have room for eight comfortably. I have nine right now, eight comfortably. That's it. So if I want a new game, and I do, something has to go. So what do you want? What don't I want? I, I can give you 20 games. Uh, you know, I, I just played the Monsters. I thought that was pretty fun. I, I liked the way it looked. I liked the way it played. It, code is only going to get better. It's a good start from Dwight Sullivan, and it's certainly fun as is. But it, uh, the shots are good. Um, would I like Maiden? I'd love to have Maiden. The reason I didn't buy Maiden over Guardians is everyone has a Maiden. Yeah. So yep. I can play it anywhere. In fact, I can play it weekly for free. So. That's- yeah, yeah you know? and that was probably another factor in... And, and I've, I've sort of always said that the games that I buy for home are the ones that I won't get to play out on site. So that was yeah. probably another factor with Iron Maiden is there wasn't... There's not an LE on site, but there's a premium on site. So I can get that premium LE experience whenever I want. Sure, I've got to pay for it, but I would pay a maximum of $10 if I was on a, a bad day. So I still get to experience it. It's accessible. Um, sure. You know, my Wizard of Oz, you, you can't see that anywhere. So Really? No, not on site. I think there's... Oh, okay. I think there's... No, you're right about on site, but I just thought uh, with all the people with your stream, with, you know... Uh, yeah, I could. A lot of people would own it. Yeah, and there are some people that, that, would, that would own it, but that's not the same as being able to say, oh, look, I feel like playing Wizard of Oz, get in my car and go to a, a location nearby and play it. It's that That's not as accessible if I have to ring up someone and say, hey, I'm coming over to play your machines. Got it. So, anyway. <sighs> so, there we go. Um, but, so let's just, let's just um, talk about Munsters because it's now landed in Australia as well. So, we got it I think it was landed probably Thursday or Friday last week. Um, and yet again, on, on Friday, I was, I'd finished work and I knew this guy got one and he's, where, where was it? Was that his work? Was on my way home. So I sent him a note saying, hey, are you still there? Or have you gone home? And he's like, no, I'll stay. Come, come on over and play. So I got to play Munsters. So you've got to play Munsters. You gave us a bit of a, a, a snippet before. You think it's a winner? Sure. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, it looks like, again, it's early code. What is it? 0.91 right now. Yeah. Uh, so is it, is it simple so far? Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, the kitty shot is interesting. Um, in the, that's the one that doubles the play field, I guess. Multiply player field multiplier. Yep. So that's an interesting shot because I personally don't like shooting up the center for anything and having it, you know, especially a stand-up that might come back. But the feed was good. So I, I was worried going into it. It was fine. And you probably experienced that too. Uh, the the use of the videos from the theme, and I'll say that I love, love the theme. So the use of the videos, really well done. The uh, voice character uh Similar voices sound pretty good as well, too. 
Um, I thought it was. I thought the flow was great. I love the ramp shots going behind the playfield. I love that Borg does that. Um, I, I just need to see. I, need, I only I played it three times, so I really don't have a lot of experience. But I liked. I, again, it's all for me. And we talked about this before. I think I've been. This is now my third time ever in any incarnation uh, incarnation of coming on head to head pinball. It's only the third time ever. I've never been on before. Um, mm-hmm. I've said that. If the shots are good and the code is early, don't worry about it. Yeah, the code will get there, and the shots are good on this game. Did you not feel that? I felt the shots were amazing. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, you're right. Good is an understatement. I, I really do. Um, my first impression was, holy crap, this thing is fast. It's really fast. So, um, what I like about that is, that if you miss your shots, you've got to be on guard. Because it'll come right back at you. Um, and the feeling I got was that this is a real flow Borg. It, it, it yeah. flows. It comes back to your flippers really snappy. Get your other shot. So so you are. You're, you're shot here, shot there. Um, and, and it's really interesting because if, if you look at it on paper, you go, oh, well, it's a standard fan layout. But what it really highlights, and I'll talk about the left ramp more specifically the the entrance to that ramp is effectively where just about every other entrance to a ramp is but just because of the way it's angled and the fact that it goes back around even though like the ball you're not touching the flipper the ball's gone for some reason, because you're following where the ball goes and it is more of a left angle, it just feels different. And it feels so satisfying when you can nail that left ramp. It just feels great. And it feels different to all the other games that you've played, even though, logically, it's the same. It's the same layout as a lot of things, but it does not feel the same. And um, I think this is... Um, um, this is what I'd been hearing when you know throughout the year when I was hearing all these rumors. John Borg had said he thinks that this is probably the best layout that he's done. Now I think that's too early to say, but from what I played, I think that he's absolutely got everything per- perfectly placed. Everything feels good, and and even that kitty shot, kitty shot's interesting because you look at it and you think, oh well, that'll be easy to hit. It's not. But it doesn't destroy you when you miss it. Yes, that's very important. You're right. I, I've heard a few people already say that, and my goodness, Borg maybe the MVP in the last ten years at, at Stern with everything he's come out with. This game, I've heard a lot of people say his best layout. So you're not alone there. Okay, good. And and that left ramp, it's interesting. I, I was able to backhand it a few times. I certainly tried it with spot being open when sure. it comes up because that's just a little bash toy that comes out. Yep. Very, very cool and a, a nice feedback. But I was actually backhanding the right ramp all the way around, and it, yeah, boy, it was fun. And I love I love what they do now in games, and you've seen this before. Uh, Fuel would be an example for Borg, for Metallica. Guardians has it with the, the Guardian stand-up. He now has it with Dragula and with Lily, as opposed to individual stand-ups. Yeah, like yep. You think of uh, ACDC, the pro. They have individual stand-ups for ACDC, for TNT, and Rock on the right-hand side. It's now this bar. So, there's a, you know, you don't have to be just as accurate. You don't have to 
take that dangerous shot at the bottom one, you, you know, at the end of the flipper that if you miss, you're probably going to come right back in the out lane. So you can hit that huge bar. I like that with Lily. I like that with Dragula. And uh, I, I just, again, I've only played it three times and I already liked it a lot. And the code, hey, I didn't get to Monster Madness. Uh, uh, and in fact, we, it was, we had a launch party yesterday and I think there were 41 people that played. Only two people did. So how easy is it? Well, I I got to play it three games, and I could have played it longer, but on my third game, I did get to Monster Madness, the second level. Oh. So, Look out, TPF, when this guy comes to town. <laughs> stand back. Keep your dollars in your pocket away from Marty. Yeah. Don't challenge him. But, but it was, so, so a couple of highlights. So the end, I think the end game score was something like, you know, 250 million. And my best super jackpot shot was forty-eight million, which is quite reasonable. Um, was it stacked with another one? Yeah, there was lots. Okay, of, I think there was five of them, five stacked, and I also had five times playfield. So wow, it it, it was obviously a, a, a fat stack. Um, but when I then there's a group of friends, including Ryan, and I I put the screenshot up there and I said, you know, grand champion got to the level two monster madness. The first question someone said to me was, oh, does that mean you're done with the game because you've now got to the end? And I didn't feel that way. I, I still want to play it more. Because um, people were like, oh, well, you should cancel your pre-order on your, your monsters because you've now seen the game. Well, that's... Yeah, yeah, the code's done at 9.1. Brilliant, whoever emailed or said that. <laughs> yeah, Come on. Yeah, but it, it's more so that if you've got a great layout and it makes you smile... Um, then that should be enough. And I've got my deep games. I I will always have my Star Trek and I still have my Wizard of Oz and I've still got my Lord of the Rings. They're my deep game experiences for something where I just want to turn it on and flip and experience a great layout. And also, you know, I was only playing the pro, so I've I've got an LE coming that's got a lower play field. Um, But also, it's not just sort of the layout. And yes, the rules will come. What I really liked about Munsters as well was the choreography. The, the way the the lighting makes you feel good um, I th- and and also obviously you know the GI changing color as well you know when you go into Herman Munster the whole thing goes green that's very cool you haven't seen that on a pro for some time and yes some cynical people will say oh well, that's just like Monster Bash Monster Bash did that yeah sure it did but I'm talking about in recent years you haven't necessarily had that kind of dramatic lighting experience on a pro so you have the LE coming, correct? Correct. Is it because it's an LE and it's a nice collector's piece? Sure. Is it because of the lower play field? You've played the Pro and you've liked it. Yes. Do you not think that that will, and I'm asking because I don't know and you don't know because you haven't played it, do you think it might take away from it the flow of the game going to the lower play field? I hear it's better than Stewie Pinball. Stewie Pinball is kind of floaty and, you know, doesn't really feel like pinball. Yeah. As, uh, but I hear this one's a lot better. What is it about the LE versus the Pro? Um, about the LE, uh, it's not necessarily for me because it's for collector's piece. I, I sort of said this, that I don't necessarily like to buy one knowing that there's a better version. <laughs> and and it was, a, was how a, high was your nose up in the air when you said that? No, it's it's not it's not that. But as I said to you, look, because I've only got room for four machines, I want whatever machine I get to be special. 
I want it to make me feel special because I've only got four that can do that. So I, I got the LA. I would have I would have been, I guess, somewhat happy with the um, the premium, but I did prefer the full color over the black and white. Okay, so if if they were both visually the same. Well, I guess they're going to be a little bit different with an LE and a premium. It was the color. That was the biggest factor, though. Yeah, I, I, I did. So had the, the LE color. been a black and white, you would have got the premium? Oh, they see? They, oh. I don't know. I Uh-huh. There's a better one out there. I don't know. But I, I, was reminded of, I was reminded of this on the weekend. when. So when I got the Hobbit, I got the Hobbit special, special edition, the Smaug special, gold edition, right? So it was the best that you could get. And then they released the Black Arrow edition, right? And yeah. that kind of pissed me off because <laughs> I was like, I, I I bought this one because it was the best one to get, and now you bought this one out. That 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 kind of really shits me a bit. You don't think it is different as opposed to better? Um, I don't know, but anyway, I don't know. But it, it's it's just that that the whole <laughs> like when you say if the if the premium had been. Um, full color and the LE being black and white, what would I have done? Ooh, what I, would you have done? I don't, fortunately, I don't need to answer that because that's oh, not what happened. Out. All right. So what a bunch of bullshit. Anyway. The back, I like the black and white. Actually. I, I actually really like the black. Yeah, and white. One. I think I, it looks good too. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I, because I do really, really like Franchi's art. I, I feel the black and white doesn't showcase his color, how he does color and how he does gradients of color. Yeah. So that's it. Okay. But but look, code is early. Code is early. I, I, I still, I have mixed emotions about the code at the moment because I do now, I guess, I guess, I, I get why people are sort of saying that the code is too shallow. Um, but I was playing Deadpool during the week you're a big fan of the the Deadpool pinball machine. I, I know. It's fun. He's not. I no. I don't hate it. I it, it's it's not my favorite. It, out of last, well, I mean, you're comparing it to the games in between, like Beatles and and uh, Iron Maiden, and now Monsters. Yeah. If I have to rank them, it's fourth out of those. But it doesn't mean it's a bad game. No, I, just, I understand. Uh, no, cause, yeah. Because I know what you you what. I'm I'm sort of airing your dirty laundry of what you said, but I know I know <laughs> that you think it's a bit clunky, right? There, it is. There's no other way to put uh, I'm talking about the Pro, which I, I haven't played the Premium much, but the Pro, that right shot is clunky. The right up shot, okay. it has to be perfect. And if it's on location, it'll never be perfect. It, it, it is. And I streamed the uh, LE. They were saying that a guy invited us to his workplace. He had an LE. And it is clunky. And I think that's its appeal. I, I, I came away... What? Three out, no, three hours of streaming. Because if every shot was just easy to make, well, then the challenge isn't there. It, it be, I, I know you can look at that that ramp shot and think, well, that's a design flaw. Well, maybe it's actually part of it. Because what I've realised, and I said this before when I first played Deadpool, the 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 genius of the layout of Deadpool is it's not the direct shots that are about the game it's the rebounds it's the ricochets it's everything that happens as a result of the ball just being in the right place at the right time without you necessarily being in control of that now that's a massive paradigm for us to really adjust to because we're used to you nail a ramp 
it goes up that ramp and then you've got to nail your next shot. Uh, Deadpool is all about what happens after the first bounce. And that takes a bit of getting used to. I'm shocked. It's early morning on Monday. So I know you haven't had much gin. <laughs> and you're saying the clunkiness is the attractiveness of it. Correct. So in, in a con- and again, I'm sorry, I relate to competitions. In a competition, I'm player four and I know I need to get a certain score. I've got two locks done and there's that risk reward. You know, do I back? I'm on the left flipper. Do I go into the scoop to start a mode? Or do I go into multi-ball and the lock's lit? You know what? I've been nailing that shot. I'm cradled up. I got a clean shot at it. Boom. I go up the thing. A half ramp comes back down, hits a pop, out lane. I'm done. Yep. So no, That attractiveness. Yay. Oh, you know what? That no, was I cute. Know. No, I know. No. No, and I know. And I've said this before. I absolutely hate it in a tournament setting because of that exact reason. Because it's unpredictable. Oh. Because of it's unpredictable. But as a home game... It's fun. Uh, yes, yes, one thousand percent. I and and I'm not just blowing smoke. I'm I'm telling you, you're right. It is fun to play in a home game or dollar games and all that kind of stuff for sure. I don't want to see it in a competition. No, but I absolutely don't want to see it in a competition. I, but but that being said, the most recent code updates I really like. Right. It's it's getting better. Like the codes are really good. Right. I like. It. Okay. So that that was actually where I was sort of leading with the the um the story of Deadpool because I played this for three hours, and here's here's effectively how people. Well, I know people can play it multiple multiple ways, but if you think about the code for Deadpool, here's its framework. Right. The main framework. You've got your multi-balls, right? That, that's fine. You've got Deadpool, little Deadpool multi-ball, and you've got the ninja multi-ball, right? Um, you've also then got disco multi-ball. So they are three multi-balls that are separate, right? But the main framework going through the rules to get to the wizard mode are starter mode, well, you know, whatever they are, battle of villain. What are they called? I think they, they're battles. So battle one, battle two, battle three, and then you get a, a boss, which I think is, uh, I can't even remember what it is, but it's like a pterodactyl-type creature. You then go back... There's that in the Megalodon, yeah? Yep. Well, no, no, no. So they're the quests. So they're the two additional quests. But all I'm talking about is that there's there's, there's like Juggernaut something... Juggernaut, there's uh, Sabretooth and uh, Mystique. Mystique, that's right. So you, you, you kill one, you kill the next one, you kill the third one, you then get a boss battle. You do that again, you get to the wizard mode, which is Mr. Sinister, I think it is, right? I haven't been there yet. No, I, I haven't either. But that's it. That That's how you get to the final boss. This is what I've been told. So, one character, two character, three character, boss. One character, two character, three character, final boss. That's All the right, game. I didn't know that. And then you've got three other multi-balls around that. Plus, you've also got things like, um, you know, the chimichangas and, and all, you know, Whatever. You've got the weapons multi-ball, Wolverine Yeah, so you've got multi-ball, Mexico multi-ball, yeah. all that kind of stuff. So you've got all those multi-balls around you, but that's effectively the framework. Now, people haven't complained about the length of the code. They've, they've complained about its various in- incarnations and, and how it works, but nobody said that um, Deadpool is too short a game. No, but again, back like we were just talking about with Munsters, if the shots are good, I'm okay with the code not being there yet. So this is the exact opposite. The code is there. The code is good, I think. Um, you and I are pretty good players, and we haven't got there yet, and we've played it a bunch um, to the wizard mode. 
but there's that clunkiness and it's and it's not all across the play field it's a couple of shots right it's sure. and oh, you know what now that i'm putting this on there and I'm about to go to Chicago for the Stern Pro Circuit. You know damn well they're going to put it. Let's screw Teolas. Let's put Deadpool in. Heads up, challenge. Let's put it in the main. Do it, guys. Get the, thank you very much, Do Martin. It. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Anyway, it's is it a fun game? Yeah, it's fun. But uh, I have two. I have two hats. Right. One is a competition hat. One is a home hat and the fun hat. So the, I'm wearing the fun hat playing that game. It, it is certainly. The callouts are amazing. The animation's great. The artwork, it, it's all good. And George Gomez is a hero. He's he does great stuff. So, all that. And Tanyo, uh, good for you on your first big game there. So it, it's just uh, it, there's some things that aren't appealing to me. That's all. Understand. And I think there are others as well. I understand. And so my, my parallel because this came up last week. I mentioned it was Avengers, right? So I think Avengers, it it it, it it's clunkiness which it is, um, really kills people in tournaments. But the code's really good. I think that makes a, a good home game as well because if, if it's clunky and you, you lose your ball, well, to start another game, it's not going to cost you any more money. But in a tournament where it's life or death or if it's on site and you're putting your money in, you can feel a little bit ripped off. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Good analogy. Thank you. So shall we talk about the Twippies? Sure, if you want. You're a big what do you fan want to talk about? You're, <laughs> you're a dick. <laughs> <laughs> you're a dick. Oh, what do you think about I the am, uh, Let me just, hold on. I am a massive, massive fan of Jeff Patterson and This Week in Pinball. 100%. That guy has a full-time job, and for almost two years now, he's been putting in another full-time job that doesn't pay to give us this great content, and podcasters absorb it. The uh, casual people love it. Uh, it's something that I'm sure the website has tremendous numbers. Support it with Patreon. Help them out because Jeff Patterson does great, great things. The Twippy Awards came out last year, and uh, you know, when I talked to Jeff Patterson, he said, you know, I want to kind of promote some of the great things in pinball. Well, what a great concept. What a wonderful idea. And so he's done all these separate awards. And what I, and I've never said this publicly, so please understand. If you have a question, email me, talk to me. We'll talk about it. I love Jeff Patterson. I love Twip. I am not a fan of the Twippies. And I will tell you why. Please do. All right. I'm hearing this for the first time, so please tell me. I know you are. Uh, that's why I said you dick, because I, I thought, Ryan knows this. I thought he told you that. <laughs> son of, I don't know how I told you from jail, but anyway. Um, uh, w- listen, I think it's great to promote the wonderful things about pinball. The problem, unfortunately, sometimes can be that there's one winner and everyone else is a loser. When that is not the case, there are a lot of winners. And I'm not trying to give participation badges to everyone. But this is voted on by anyone, not experts. So as you have to vote of all these wonderful games, Alice Cooper and Beatles and Cosmic Cart and Deadpool and Houdini, Iron Maiden, Monster Bash, Pirates, Mafia, Primus, Supreme and Thunderbird. Those are all the ones for this year, 2018. If you're voting and you haven't played all of those games... Fuck off. Don't vote. I haven't played all those games, so I don't vote because I'm not an expert. How can I possibly give my opinion when I haven't played perhaps the best game? 
I know which ones I like the best, mm. but so, and, and I say this from experience in my radio background in promotions and marketing, and you're into this too, Marty. Whenever we used to run, used to run internet contests or Facebook or social media contests, we quickly realized how fixed they are. And I'm not saying that TWIPs are fixed. I am not saying that. I'm saying the potential is there to fix any internet or um, uh, social media votes. Sure. Go to buycontestvotestowinonline.com. You can buy an internet vote for four cents. So Seriously? Does, are you fucking oh, kidding me? Oh, I wish I'd known this before the bloody voting on the Twippies stopped. Buycontestvotes.com. Just Google buy internet votes because this was brought to my attention years ago in radio in how somebody won a contest. Stern themselves used to run a contest a couple of years ago called the Ultimate Stern Fan Contest. These wonderful people sent in these beautiful pictures of themselves in their Stern machine, and then they let the internet vote and say, go ahead and vote. And the votes were, let's be honest, were they fair? Fuck no. They, people went and bought these, and why wouldn't you? So I'm going to get a new Stern machine, and I can spend 100 bucks to get a bunch of votes? Here's my hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm, and again, I'm not saying this is the case with TWIP because what TWIP has done this year is very, very smart. And again, love Jeff Patterson, love this week in pinball. He has put together a panel of, I think there's 12 experts, real experts that are going to make sure the votes are legitimate. But the only thing I ask is how the fuck do you do that? I, I mean, right, yeah. Well, okay. So there's a there's a couple of parallels I'll give to this kind of thing in 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 Australia. So our effectively our TV awards, you know, the the, okay. the lowest rent possible. They're called the Logies, and, and don't look them up because they're just. Like, <laughs> Do you know what a Logie is? Logie, yeah, yeah, yeah. They got the Logies, um, and effectively all of the well most i think most of the categories these days are only voted on by industry experts but then you've got the the you know the magazine sponsored popular vote and you know the the most talented person never wins it's always the one that's got the the larger fan base well, there's that. Right. There's how about Sanjaya and the American there's a thing called votefortheworst.com Sanjaya. There's all these now, wasn't Sanjaya on American Idol? American he was, Idol. He was terrible, but but couldn't stop watching him because I people said go to vo- vote to, go, to the Sanjaya. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So again, that's the, listen. There's nothing wrong with the Twippies. Nothing, nothing, nothing wrong with the Twippies. But I know what you mean. The way you vote, the voting is, is flawed. The concern. Yeah. I myself refuse to vote. Um, I just, I just can't, but, and, and not because I don't like the Twibbies. It's because I haven't played everything. It's not a fair vote. No, fair enough. So to me, do you know who the winners are? The winners are how many games were sold? Mm. There's your winners. And, and let's put it this way. Did you make games and they were sold? Did you sell out of what you want to do there? You're a winner. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. the, the streamer streamers, how many, how many, okay. You stream. Mm-hmm. Who's the best streamer? Who's got the most? I guess that's the best. Yeah, that, that is. And I guess that that's already like, that's a popularity contest. That's already happened because if, if you have got the most viewers, you're the most popular. Um, but if you've got, like, I guess last year is probably a good example where, you know, TNA 
and dialed in were neck and neck with a lot of these awards. Now, TNA only sold, at that stage, probably 200 machines, whereas um, dialed in was already selling a lot. So that's, you know, a smaller manufacturer versus a larger manufacturer. But just because in that instance, Jersey Jack had the ability to make more, does that make dialed in a better machine than TNA? But it also comes back to your original point of this isn't binary. Just because dialed in one doesn't mean that everything else is shit. To me, what I would like to see, and okay, here's an example. I did a thing on Pinball Profile. I did the top 10 most intriguing people of 2018. Yeah, I know. By the way, we got a mention, sure, whatever. Uh, you got a mention, dude. There are I know, we're old news. We are fucking oh, old no, news. No, no, listen, listen, listen. I never said this was an internet contest. I said, according to me and no, the people course. I've talked to. So so no one can question. No, that's exactly right. You can't me. argue with it because it's your opinion. You can't argue with it. That's right. So no, I would absolutely. like to see TWIP say, you know what? We've put together a panel, which they have, maybe in the future and say, we've played all these games. We're the experts. And, I, and again, the Grammys are on the Sunday night. You know, the Oscars are coming up this month. The Baseball Hall of Fame. They don't let just fucking anybody vote. They let some people that have some expertise in it so that it's not a shit show. Right. And I'm not saying TWIP is or was or will be a shit show, but now there's some credibility that, you know, we've got this panel. Here they are. They come from all walks of life. Sure. And okay. that's what they, so that's then, what I'd like to see. Okay. So then, so then what I, okay. Eurovision. Surely you'd be into Eurovision, wouldn't you? I know. I do know what it is. I, I only because I think I know it from this show. I've never seen it, but I do yeah. know. It. Okay. So the the big controversy is that Australia now competes in Eurovision, even though we're not part of Europe. But get over it. It's done. But this year, the, uh, I think this will be like the fourth, maybe fifth year that we've competed. In the previous years, some panel of experts have gone. You know what? We're just going to groom somebody, and that's okay. That's the person that's going to represent. Um, this year is the first time they've put it into a competition where they actually put 10 people. They, uh, the, the way it worked is that they, they performed in front of a live audience and in front of a jury. Then they performed again, televised, and the public voted. So 50% of the votes came from an expert panel and 50% came from the public. And the reason for that is so that there can be an equal weighting between the experts and the public vote. That's that's kind of what this needs. And Eurovision globally has now got that same sort of um, structure because the popular vote was skewing the actual result. So that's probably where Twippy needs to go, where that panel of experts that they've got now to make sure that the voting is all fair, if they were given 50% of the vote then you've got some normalizing happening there. Maybe, or just, again, uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, I, 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 I don't want to shit on Jeff Harrison. I love the guy. I mean, I've look heard. At, look at, no, no, but look at, look, at, look at the stuff that... Think of your podcast alone sure. without TWIP. We don't get our information from TWIP. Some of it. 
Not a lot. And, and by the way, to, and TWIP, by the way, also gets their information from podcasts like you. Yeah, Let's, for sure. It goes both, it, it's a two-way street, we, don't we, get me wrong. We are unfortunate that. because our podcast gets recorded before TWIP comes out. So if, if we've had a long recording and then we're editing, we get to write the, to the end of the podcast and say, oh, shit, do we miss anything? Let's uh-huh, look at I this see. week in pinball. But no, this is the whole thing. We, we I say we, but mainly Ryan, we do our own research. So... Um, and that's just unfortunate because of the fact that Twip comes out at the same time as us. Anyway, I just wanted to clarify that. But I know tr- a lot of people point. do. A lot of people yeah. take that information. And um, I actually I, I read Twip. I, I usually read it when I'm editing or after I've edited because it fills in a lot of the blanks. We're just one part of the opinion. Twip is another opinion on the same topic. Gotcha. So that being it. said, that being said, and I'm sincere... I hope to hell you guys win the Twippy Award because I know it meant something to you at one point. Maybe it doesn't anymore, but it, you know, it, it's a nice recognition. It was last year. You'd only been on for half a year. You're one of the top three. That's pretty cool. And it's the go-to podcast for me and almost everybody I know too. You want to hear pinball news, a little bit of humor. You go to head to head, and that's in all sincerity. Sure, I really do appreciate that, and. You know, we obviously got into a bit of hot water when we did say a while ago that, you know, they're not, they're not that important. It's not true. They are important to us, but we are not going to go to www.buymyinternetvote.com. You know, we're not going <laughs> to beg for votes. We're not going to canvas for votes. If you like what we do, listen to our podcast. Just listen to the podcast. Mm. Maybe support you on Patreon. Those yeah. kind of things. That's yeah. That's all That's all you do it for, right? That's it's your give it back. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly That right. being said, I have a special treat for you. Go. I know you've been having to try to find some co-hosts, Marty, each week. God bless Stacy. You missed the bed this week. That's okay. Next week will be better. But may I suggest a friend of mine that I think would do very, very well. I think you guys will get along. Okay. His name is Brian C. Brian, are you there? Yep. I'm here. Hey, Brian. How are you? Pretty good, Jeff. Yourself? I'm all right. You know, you sound... Uh, are you Australian? Yes, I am. Okay. okay. All right. Good. Um, I'd like to introduce you to Marty. Uh, Marty? Brian? Hey, Brian. Hi, Martin. <laughs> I think you guys have hit it off. I don't Already, know if I need to do anything. The chemistry is right there. Uh, yeah. So, so Brian, uh, are you a pinball player? Uh, newly, yes. Yes, just got into it. Okay, competitions, collecting, what do you do? Oh, maybe Marty can get me into pinball. <laughs> really? God, yeah, you got that. there's something about you that rings a bell. But anyway, um, yeah, uh, you know, there's a big competition next week. Martin and his former partner, Ryan C., who's uh, been in prison now for a couple of weeks, he, the, the Australian championships are coming up. That's a big deal. You think you can do it? <laughs> do you think you could someday be good enough to make the Australian Championships? Sure, Brian C will strive for that. <laughs> uh, you know what? I can't. I can't, Marty. I lied. It's really Ryan. I know. You, I know you have somebody else. Ryan, hello. How are you, buddy? You woke me up for that, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Get back on your fucking show, would you? For crying out loud! All right. Did you not hear Stacy Borg last week? Oh, stop it! Patreon, all subscribers just quit. You actually owe them money now, you idiot. Get back on the show. How are you? 
<laughs> oh, uh, Brian C. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, Hilarious. That's a, a good, good voice. Well, it wasn't so bad. Like, it's only 7.30 in the morning. It's not like it's 4 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I true. said, you got to get up. I said, yeah, that's right. I said, you got to get up and do it. He goes, ah, fuck, I'm busy. I'm like, I, I've heard your bullshit. How many <laughs> times have I been asked to come on the show? And of course, I always said, no, somebody else came into no, my place. But you keep asking you, us you to come on, to the, come show. on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've been asked 20 plus times to be on the show. Mm. Ryan, you can come on when I'm on, you son of a bitch. How are you? Uh, officially, like, like three times or something. I'm all right. <laughs> I'm, I'm taking a break because. Um, Marty, I mean, Marty joked that, you know, the way we started the podcast is, you know, we met, we had sex, and, and then we started the <laughs> podcast. It's, it's, it, I forgot about that. Yeah. So I, I went and got tested, and full bone aids. So just, just in recovery at the moment. And, uh, yep. and starring on Rent on Broadway. Sure. <laughs> I hope it'll clear up soon. <laughs> Uh, you're getting ready, you're going to be at the Australian Championship. So I've got you guys. Isn't that next week? It's yeah. It's this week. Correct. Yeah, this oh, how are you guys playing? Are, are you excited? I mean, that's a big deal. I'm playing terribly at the moment, so I'm just going to have some fun. Yeah, uh, I won a competition a couple of weeks ago and felt really good. And then so I had a go the other day and and came like in the in the bottom of thirty percent or something of a comp. So. Um, <laughs> And could go either way, Jeff. I could come last, or I could come close to last. Very exciting. How many people were in it? Can you explain? I don't know how the competition works. So for us in North America, how does your Australian Championship Series work? Explain. It's the first day of qualifying. You are in one in a group of there's three groups, and it's effectively four play match play, and the top. 16 go through to the finals and then it's head-to-head elimination best of seven games okay yeah that's it that's how it works and you're driving there aren't you martin i am driving because i'm bringing all my streaming gear i am going to be streaming the event so yes it's only a seven hour drive so it's not too bad Mm. all right okay Mm. i'm excited for you about we talked about beetles and monsters has that been done yeah. Okay. What do you What do you think? We, we talked about monsters. We haven't talked necessarily about beetles yet. What do you think of monsters, Ryan? You think it's clunky? What? Not no, not clunky. It shoots really well. Um, it's just hard after playing beetles to enjoy monsters as much as I would if I hadn't played a new pinball machine for three months or something. You know what I mean? Um, it was in, in the same week, so I'm I'm obviously gonna prefer one of the other. And beetles has that tight rule set that I think makes you feel excited for progressing the modes. Level one, level two, level three. Plus, I'm listening to Beatles music, and everyone knows Beatles music. Um, Monsters means nothing to me. I've said it a million times, but I don't know. I, I I don't think any of the modes feel different from each other. Yes, there's a multi ball. Yes, you know, one's a switch frenzy. But everything's very samey. It's just I don't know, and, and maybe that's because the theme doesn't resonate with me. I've always said that you know theme doesn't matter too much. This is the first time I felt like maybe it really does matter because I don't feel that much when, when I'm playing this pinball machine. 
Ryan, you didn't know three Iron Maiden songs before you played that mm-hmm. game. Remember, I was on the show with you guys, and you were naming some songs, and we're like, oh, my God, he knows nothing. You love that game, so theme well, no, I, I is only a bonus, I think. I started listening to Iron Maiden a, a uh, you know, I, I started listening to Iron Maiden a couple of months before the Pinball Machine came out. Um, so then there's a bit of familiarity there, but it's weird because it's such an old TV show that half the sounds in the pin are new and half of them are old and it's being mashed together, right? Like clips from the, from the show plus all the new sounds they've created. And it's kind of like, I don't know, like a mishmash of, of the two worlds that doesn't really, uh, ring true. Are you shitting on Jerry Thompson? How dare you? Uh, no, see, I, I, I think because I am so familiar with the original clips that I, it, I, I can resolve that because you've got to have new sounds. That's just, if it had old sounds, it would be sort of, I think that would be a bit weird. But because I'm, I'm so familiar with the old clips, they do kind of merge well with me. But I, I can sort of understand. I mean, like even when you're hearing like canned laughter with some of the clips, that may actually seem a bit weird hearing that you know, with pinball sounds going as well. So I get why people would find that a bit a bit of a weird disconnect. For me, I find that absolutely fine. You like playing it? Like are you yeah, love still it. happy to get yeah. okay. a- absolutely and, and so is Andy. Um so the, what I, I did say previously is I think that this is probably the tightest and best layout that Borg's done in a while. Um I I found particularly the left ramp to be super satisfying if if you can backhand the right ramp which i did a couple of times it makes you feel like a god the rules need to to be fleshed out they need to develop more I, obviously i talked about the fact that i got up to the second monster madness on my third game so if i can get to the end of the game on my third game then it probably needs to be a bit harder um and yeah and i think some of the choreography is great like the lighting is great i think tying that all together there's some timing that needs to change like sometimes the the video clips go too long and it takes you out of the game sometimes some of the fanfare like you know when you're going into the um dragula and that sort of stops like that's kind of oh you need to tighten that up guys that'll come hopefully yeah it's weird because usually with um like with ghostbusters you pretty much like can't skip anything um with Monsters, you can skip half the stuff, but not the other. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it, it is it is early code, and I'm glad that it's the code that needs work rather than the layout. Yeah. Or, yeah, I mean, the LCD integration is fine, I think. Um, it's Bingo. Just, just, it's just the code, but um, and we've seen it before with Guardians and blah, 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 blah. But, yeah, who, who knows what it's going to, to change to? It's not guaranteed to change into something that people are going to like. Um, and it is designed to be a shallow game. Yes. So regardless of, regardless of how much it changes, it has to change so that the modes, like everyone loves shallow games. Like a lot of people lo- love Beatles. A lot of people love um, Iron Man. I don't. I don't like Iron Man enough to to keep it because what is there isn't good enough for me to keep in the home. Um, the older games are obviously good enough for me to keep because they're cheap as well, and maybe that's part of it. Beatles, I think I'd, I'd love to have. Munster's ha- is, is going to be a uh, shallow-ish game, 
sort of the rules have to be like so freaking good for people to want to play that shorter loop over and over again because it's not a there's no carrot dangling in front of people saying hey you might get here it's you you're going to see everything so you better fucking enjoy it yep and I guess that's probably a, a, a good summary from me is that there was no real sort of contrast. There was no light and shade. It was these five modes happened, all this happened, and then I got into Munster Madness. Everything just felt like what, it just your, happened. Yeah, what's your favorite mode? They're all the same, right? Like, it's, it, it, there's not like one big mode. But they're not. They're, Lily. No, but, they're, but that, this is the whole thing, right? Is that they're not the same, but they don't stand out as being different. Yes. That's what I'm, yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's no. There's no moments Correct. yet. Yeah. Um, the only moment is cashing in a super jackpot, which obviously is different depending on your multipliers and sure. how many super jackpots you've stacked. But that's not necessarily a mode. It's just that's what you're working towards. Yep. Yeah. I miss Brian's C already. <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny. I can't believe uh, he called you in. All right, thanks for coming on, man. It's been great to speak to you, even though I speak to you all the time during the week. So, anyway. Yeah, I'll see you on, uh, on Friday. You will indeed. And then and then the following Wednesday, which is the 20th of Feb, um, we've actually got a Munsters launch party, and we'll be streaming that as well. Yeah, I, I helped someone put a Munster uh, Pro Pinball at Pinball Paradise in Melbourne, and it'd be very interesting to see the, the audit, because I... I received, because I'm the one who like posted on social media that it's there, I received about three texts within 24 hours saying, oh, hey, why'd you turn ball save off? Uh, <laughs> like, did you watch any of the streams or listen to the freaking podcast? Like, there's no pod save, uh, pod save. There's no uh, ball save by default. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm wondering, should I put something on like, the, uh, on, like, the apron cards or something to say that? Because... Yes, it's the fault, but I don't want to feel like people think that you might off. feel like they're getting ripped off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think you should do it. Yeah, okay. Because because people will go, what? No ball save, and then look down and go, oh, okay, that's why. Or maybe they don't read because no one reads the instructions. Well, that's also <laughs> true. Maybe because they're yellow cards. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Sound mixes that are, don't gel and uh, yellow cards. Oh, you're gonna, Ryan won't be back for times, weeks now. You know? yeah. He's got oh. it out of his system. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, everything is awesome, Jeff TOS. Every, everything is awesome. <laughs> wow. Wow. I love this company. I love that company. Everything's fucking sunshine and roses. Uh, so, you, so, you haven't heard the start of this podcast. Oh, That's yes. not the case. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're going shit to you shit on everyone, but all the companies. Actually, no. The home pin burn was pretty good. That, that's 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 one that carried. Okay. <laughs> Did you hear the torpies? Um, yeah, <laughs> there was some major shitting in that. <laughs> that is true. Hi guys. Yeah. See you, mate. Bye. See you later, Ryan. Ryan, get back on the show, you son of a gun. Anyway, <laughs> ta-da. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. You know what? When you told me, you said, uh, you know, he he needs some time to off to do things we all do right like sure. I, i'm lucky i i've got seven shows done i have to edit and put out so do i really have to record nope i just do it when i want to do it you yeah. guys have given yourself this very difficult here we are every monday and uh but good on you for realizing you know what we're just busy whether it's yeah. personal stuff family stuff you've had stuff and we've all had uh, stuff we've all had stuff yeah Put shit, put shit aside, man. This we'll we'll wait. We'll be here when you come back. And so, Ryan, when you're ready, get, get all your stuff done. Come on back, dude. Yeah, uh, uh, but also just the the 
the the full stop to all of that is whenever we haven't recorded um it really hasn't been easy you know one time we didn't record my my brother died the day before yeah you yeah. know like i and and the thing of it is i wanted to record i was i was ready to record because that's how much we love doing the podcast but just i think it was a couple of hours before i said you know what ryan i won't be able to laugh tonight therefore yeah. the 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 podcast won't be as good as it should be let's not do it the the other time and and i i told this story on the the stream the other day um because people don't know this but do you know the time that uh ryan's wife chanel came on the podcast because she was freaking hilarious she came on because i was in hospital with a suspected heart attack i did not know that and we talk all the time how the hell did i not know that because it wasn't a heart attack i'd I'd actually just gotten so fucking angry with somebody at work that it just something snapped inside of me um but you know i was in hospital with an ecg but i wanted to record the podcast that's that's what i'm saying is that and and ryan's the same ryan right now would love to be recording the podcast but there's just some things that happen in our lives that stop us from doing it but you know the show's going to go on hey of course it is and you got to you got to be uh, again with your brother passing away i mean i that was so tragic and uh, you you can't do a show it's now, it's tough to do and so i don't think good, i'm going to waste the time but that that happened live on stream i was streaming people I know. Machine, and it happened it's just that that's just one of those things it's just a real balance between you know doing a quality show each week and also balancing a life as well because this can be all compensating it's not just you know we record on a monday night or sometimes six o'clock on a monday morning but throughout the week all we are doing and it comes back to what we're saying about trip we are doing the same thing that jeff patterson is doing we are researching topics and we are talking back and forth all week preparing for the stories to talk on the podcast that we then record so it can become quite time consuming you have such a built fan base and it's wide ranging. People are going to cut you slack if you've got personal yeah, stuff to that's on. Right. Do you want to know? How de- do you so. want to know how dedicated Martin is right now? Here, here's the truth. Yeah. As we record this, it is. It, we started 6 a.m. Australian time for sure. Martin. He will record this, then drive to work, then go home and edit the show, put out the show, and then, and not until all that's done, then drink two bottles of gin. <laughs> that's how dedicated Martin is. <laughs> I might be drinking throughout all of that. Who knows? <laughs> it's very likely. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so let's get back to the news. So, Stern of the Union came out this week. Yes. Um, yes, it did. And look, to summarize, that obviously they're talking about the, monst- the Monsters launch parties. We talked about before that um, we're having one. This is kind of... I, Not for a long time, I think, we've actually had a launch party of a machine around the same time. So, I mean, if you think about it, we, we've got our pros. Everybody's only started getting their pros in the last couple of weeks. That's, and you got it. And we got ours. So that's actually kind of really cool that we've been able to get ours at, at, at about the same time so we can do our launch parties at about the same time as the world. So that's really How cool. long did it take for the last three Big Stern games? How long did it take for Iron Maiden, for Deadpool, and for Beatles to show up in Australia? We're usually two to three months behind. Holy cow! And you got monsters now. Correct. That's because of head to head. It's the yeah and, the pulling power that we it have. is. Yeah, it has to be. For sure. Well, you know, I I say that half jokingly, but 
how much interest in pinball has grown in Australia. I've talked to Josh Sharp about it, uh, and he said it's it's booming. And yeah. He's had conversations with you about growing Correct. the Australia scene. So, I mean... Hey man, you're on the you're you're already we're on the map. It's just uh, it's one of the big growth areas for sure in pinball. Wait, that's what we wanted to do with the podcast was just to continue to promote pinball, and we're doing our part, so that's all good. Uh huh. Um. So the other thing they started talking about was the Stern Pro Circuit Championship. So I want you to explain it to me. Oh, okay. Uh, so there are twenty Stern Pro Circuit events in the calendar year, and the big ones that everyone would know would be in disc pinberg um and in fact the bris am i saying it right is it brisbane or brisbane, brisbane. how do you say it brisbane it's brisbane, brisbane but it's not melbourne brisbane. it's melbourne, melbourne. right yeah that's right that's right so, so brisbane masters is actually one of those events this year correct in 2019 so they take whatever whoppers you get in those 20 events they take the top 40 people and most of them are in North America, as you can understand. Sure. Uh, they take the top 40 people and play in this special tournament in Chicago in early March. And that is the Stern Pro Circuit Final. It's something that replaced the PAPA uh, Finals. PAPA used to do something similar where they would award different points. Not Whopper points, but different points for tournaments. And then they would take the top 40 people. So now Stern has it. You play a bunch of you're, – you're there are 10 four-player groups. And the top two advance to the top 20 and then to the top 10. And then it's an elimination after that. So the top 40 people, and I luckily was there last year, and I'm lucky enough to be there again this year. I, it wasn't top 40, by the way. I was 57 last year. People dropped out. I got in 43rd this year, a little better, still got in. So that's coming up. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, it's it's last year, Josh Sharp won. The championship, and what's interesting about that is, he did not play very, very well by his own admission. But he was just good enough to get through to the next level, to get to the next level. Um, so when you got to the top ten, you're in a four-player group. So in that first group, seven, eight, nine, ten play. You just don't want to be last. The last person gets the boost. Oh, is this like the ladder? Is this where once you yes. progress, a next person? I love this format. So Josh was terrible in all those ladder matches, but wasn't last. Wasn't first until the final game. Isn't that something? And so and so he won the final game. He won against Colin Urban, a young guy, oh, a that's great, right. great did, player. He did too. From the and, West Coast. And this, okay, so this is the one that we incorrectly reported on Josh Sharp winning a major. And I think, yep. I think yep. Sheriff Tex Peckerwood... <laughs> Sheriff Dex Peckerwood. Yeah. You son of a bitch. <laughs> he, he corrected yeah, yeah. us. So, yeah, so this wasn't necessarily, but, yeah, okay. It's a, I, the truth is, to me, it's it's major-like. It's not because it doesn't allow everyone to play in it, but, uh, you know, um, well, I guess you could play, you could go, uh, you could go to all the events, but uh, it's, a, it's a biggie for sure. Yeah, and, uh, okay. Yeah, it'll be fun. Uh, as you know, Dead Flip will be streaming it. You'll be able to watch it. Yep. Uh, Ed Robertson of Bare Naked Ladies is going to be performing. Uh, it, it, it's it's last year where they announced that uh, Iron Maiden was going to be released. Uh, so with hey, that little tease, yeah, okay. Yeah. Will there be an announcement this year for maybe Steve Ritchie's next game? Who knows? Ooh, I well, who so. knows? I, I, I don't know. Well, okay, so then let's go through... Skip to a point that's that we've got on the show notes. That's next. We're, we're talking about Steve Ritchie's next game. So, 
you know, people have been sort of saying over the last, I don't know, ever since it was announced that he's working on an original theme, that it's either going to be Black Knight 3000 or High Speed 3. And I've been hearing recently the latest, and who knows what it is, is that it's more likely to be High Speed 3. Um, I've sort of said, who knows? But I wanted, I, wanted, I, wanted, I wanted to do a bit of powers of deduction because if he said he's doing an original theme, uh, neither of those are original themes. They're themes that have already been done. But it, it, I don't know. And, you know, I should have looked and I had the notes here. I didn't bother to look. Is High Speed trademarked? Well, I know that's it's what Williams. I think. Yeah, I think Black Knight and High Speed are now, they would be considered IP, their intellectual property. So they would be licensed to Williams, right? It's, it's, it's like saying, you know, can Zen Pinball do a Medieval Madness? Could they, could they actually do a re-theme, like a, re- a new layout of Medieval Madness? Well, no, they couldn't because that yeah. license is now copyright. That's that's actually, you know, Williams now licenses it. So if he's saying that he's doing an original theme, surely that means it's not some a theme that's been done before. I think people were so fixated that he's going to be doing a sequel to one of his legendary games, they assumed it would be a quote-unquote non-licensed theme. You pointed out that these are licenses. I think people have gotten off track. It is going to be a sequel game. Martin, congratulations. Roller Games 2 will be coming out this <laughs> March by Steve Ritchie. I would love a Roller Games 2. <laughs> you know I would, but I think... I think oh. I, you know what? I think the reason why it wouldn't work now is because they wouldn't be able to make it as kitsch and cheesy as the original. It would become really serious. So... Uh, yeah, yeah, good point. It's a shame. You know when I forgot to ask Ryan C when he was on to talking about themes and stuff, you know, he he listened to Iron Maiden for 2 months before the game came out to get familiarized with it. The theme, I've never really liked themes, it's never been a big thing for me, but now I think cuz I don't like the monsters, yeah, the theme does matter to me. Ryan, have you gone and watched some monsters shows uh to prepare for this cuz they're pretty darn funny. Yeah. Anyway, just I, I'm I going don't. back, but themes as we talk about themes Steve Ritchie, okay, so let's say let's say it's not called High Speed 3. Could he call it Getaway 2? Or, you know what I mean? Like, Or, or can it just kind of have that same RPM in the middle and it just be called something different? Yeah, yeah, it could be. Could, it could be just a car theme. Who knows? Does the title really matter if it's High Speed-esque or if it's Black Knight-esque? I th- Probably I th- not. Well, I think to fans of those licenses, there you go, I've said it, that want a sequel, I think it would be really important for them for it to be called Black Knight 3000. They'd be like, oh, that is so cool. But if it was the other sort of, you know, the the charcoal knight, people would kind of go, well, it's kind of the same thing. You're just trying to get around a license that's a bit cheap. If the game plays well, do you really care what the title is? I don't. No, I, no, but yes. I, Do I, you really? Yeah, if it was a Black Knight three thousand, I would be going cool. It's a it's it is it's a sequel to one of my favorite games. That's great. But I what I guess I'm saying is I don't want him to do a Black Knight or a high speed sequel because I want those machines that were legendary of the time to stay that way. I don't want to have a new look on an old franchise. Totally original then. I would want him to do something completely original. If there's a guy who could do it, 
it would be him. Will Stern do that though? And I don't know the answer to this. I'm just like, I have no knowledge. Would Stern do that? When was the last time they did a non-licensed game? I know the answer. Do you? Oh, it would have been like Sharky Shootout or that. High Roller Casino way back when. Yeah. So it's going to take, is Stern really going to do that? Now, like you say, Black Knight would be considered a license. Is it a cheaper license than to get Star Wars or mm. uh, Game of Thrones, his last two games? Of course it's going to yeah, be cheaper. Is, yeah. So what if he just calls it BK3000 or, you know what I mean? Like BK3K. Who knows? BK3K. Ooh, I like that. That's, oh, that's that good. That works, doesn't it? Yeah. Wow. But again, I'm excited no matter what the title is, no matter if it's a sequel or not, it's a Steve Ritchie game. Your favorite guy, my favorite guy, as far as you know, the course of how long we've been playing pinball, the Steve Ritchie games are the ones that were like, wow, you know, over the course of time, those are the ones that really, it, it was Black Knight for me that got me into pinball. That is the game okay. as a child. So sure. mine was Firepower that really cemented my sure. love of pinball. Okay. And that's a Steve Ritchie. So it's Firepower 3 then? <laughs> yes. Well, Is that a license? Yeah, well, anything that's been done has been I trademarked, guess. I guess. So you would call it a license. Okay. Un- unless they've let those licenses expire. You, you know. Ah, you might be onto something. You know what I mean? So Yeah. There you go. Uh, last bit of news, just a bit of a code update. So, and we... Ryan was talking about Beatles. Let's just quickly talk about Beatles. So 1.1 code has just been released. There's, there was a lot of lines there. Effectively, the skill shots have been... Their values have increased. Um, I streamed Beatles last night, um, so got to play it for three hours. Let's ask you first. What do you think about Beatles? It looks really nice. Mm. It plays, I think, better than Sea Witch. I... I'm still learning a lot of it. We had it yesterday at a tournament, and unfortunately, uh, midway through the tournament, on the set of four drop targets that spell the word four, Mm -hmm. the first drop target started the game down, so you couldn't select a mode and get your Uh, suit. So I was like, oh, this. So we had to take it out because I'm like, that's kind of a big, big deal. Uh, You know, you want to go through your modes and, and, and in a certain order, and you couldn't do so. So. But boy, I, I certainly get a, a kick out of that game. Uh, the sounds are good. Um, the I don't know the best strategy, although I've read a lot online about, uh, I think Adam Lefkoff talked about cashing two super jackpots as opposed to doing one behind the fab thing. Wait, start another mode, complete it. Then that's a way to blow up the game. So I'm like, okay. I was excited to try. I never got a chance to do that yesterday, but mm. I like the code at 1.0 or whatever it was at. Now 1.1, I'm curious to see what it's like. Yeah, we, as I played it last night, he, and I, th- I think that's really cool that uh, a player like um, the Lefkovs can sort of say, you know, wait for two super jackpots. Because if you're good enough to do that, then you are an amazing player. This, this game plays like a solid state machine. And so it should. It's based on a solid-state machine. But, you know, like TNA, which looks like a, a solid-state machine, it is ridiculously fast. It has got modern components. Even though Beatles does, they've softened the flippers, they've softened the pops and the slings. So it feels like a solid-state. It's got a ridiculously wide uh, flipper gap. So what you thought you could save on other stir machines, you can't on the Beatles. Um, 
But it does have a, a simpler rule set, but it's a very, as Ryan said, it's a very tight rule set. You know exactly what you're doing. Um, we had so much fun playing it last night, and it really is. It's a great party game, but it's also a skill leveler because when this machine decides that it is going to drain you, it happens immediately, and there's not much you can do about it. <laughs> yeah, isn't it neat that Stern now doesn't put rubbers on the outlanes and it still works? You saw that in Deadpool. You saw that on Beatles. I can't remember on Monsters. I um, think it's got them. Yeah, remember. no, it does. It actually has them off because we, we put them on the Monsters. So, yeah, it, it come, by default, it comes without rubbers on the outlanes. It's a fun game. I don't know the best strategy, so I'm curious what you did. Uh, the one I've heard is go Pops, then Drops. And then spinner, if it's not ball three, otherwise go for the multi ball. Yeah, I what I like about this is yeah. So so the there's five modes, but um, all my loving, you can't select uh, unless it's your fifth mode that you're going for, or if it's on ball, ball three. three. On ball three, you can select it. Um, but what I like about this is, yeah, obviously you've got spinner mode, drop target mode, loop mode, and... Sp- pop bumpers. Pop bumpers, right? If you as a player, you get to choose what you're most comfortable with. So if you fear going into the pops is going to be too random, well, don't pick that as your first mode. Pick something that's a bit safer, like loops or spinners, really. Um, drop targets... I think is probably the most dangerous because if you're talking about the Fab Four bank, well, they're just going to rebound back either to the flippers or to the outlanes, and with no rubbers on it, outlanes are sure death. Um, so, so that's for me. I was I was always picking the spinner mode first because not 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 necessarily the right spinner, but the left spinner that they've added that wasn't on Sea Witch. Ripping that spinner is so satisfying. So I was just doing that because it made me feel good, not because it was necessarily a good strategy. But ultimately, you are going to be going through all of the modes to get to Beatlemania multiple anyway. So do what you're comfortable with, I think. Martin, I did the same thing you did. I started with spinner because... I could make the shot, and it was fun. Mm. Uh, it's something new that Sea Witch didn't have, that left spinner. Never went for the right spinner. It was too tough. But the left one, yeah, I could do. And you could even, on the upper flipper, hit it early, and you'd get us some spins there, too. That's correct. But talking to Ryan or Brian C., whatever his name was, mm-hmm. he was telling me that when you do the other modes, you, I hope I'm not screwing this up, when you do something like pops first, it the next time you get to loops or or drop targets you're making progress so they'll be worth more so do something right off the bat and i think that's going around because the magnet will drop it into the pops there's some big points there too but you're right about just doing it because it's fun i could play beetles over and over and over again yeah wish the price wasn't what it was that's exactly right that's the only thing that's the only thing i i have difficulty with is justifying the price but they're going to sell it anyway, so it's not for me, mm. as some pinball machines have been, <laughs> as that's the new marketing uh, yeah. slogan for yeah, some pinball not machines, for not for you. No, Yeah, pinball, <laughs> not for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> this one's not, but yeah. uh, I do like playing it, man. It's yeah. fun, fun, fun. It is It is just a hell of a lot of fun. I, I, the, the music does get a little bit repetitive after a while, but that's going to be any music pin, right? 
see, I'm a massive Beatles fan, but so. from 67 on. So I remember when Franchi talked about, you know, they, which one are they going to do? Are they going to do the Yellow Submarine and the LSD Beatles, you know, when, yeah. they, when they certainly fell in love with uh, drugs and the Maharishi and all that other kind of stuff, you know, um, or they're going to do something that hadn't been done, the Beatlemania. So I think it was a wise choice to do the Beatlemania one from a fan perspective for me. You know, give me Abbey Road, give me, give me, give me the later stuff for mm. sure. You know, I'm Magical Mystery Tour. I like that kind of stuff. And mm. anyway, what if, it's what still if they'd a great done? Game. What if they'd done the White Album? Sure, yeah, would that's, it, that's would fine. Would have just been white. <laughs> would have been like the Supreme. Supreme? <laughs> <laughs> that's where I was going with that. Well done. Oh yeah, the toothpaste game, the Colgate game. <laughs> that's right, Colgate. All right, shall we do Pin Slam the top one hundred? I would be honored I to know. do Pin Slam. This is awesome. I love it. Thank you for bringing it back. Well, because you actually sort of, I think, three times now have said, I'm only coming on if we do Pin Slam, which is pretty much... It's fun. It is fun. Because you know what? I can read a flyer just like you can. <laughs> okay. Well, we are going to, because it's the top 100, let's do the top 100 because we are oh, going to really? have machines against each other that... You know, when we would never have had you and I argue these machines, so because you have done it once, so okay, I'll I'll pick my number first, and then we'll pick yours. Okay, go ahead. Okay, here we go. Okay, Google, pick a number between zero and one hundred. Sure. Ninety-eight. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Bonsai Run. Run. Yeah, that's awesome. So that's mine. I do like the game though. It's a good game. I know, and I know how much you love Lawler. I uh-huh. do. So this will be an easy win. All right. Okay, Google, pick a number between zero and one hundred. Okay. Forty-four. Forty-four. Congo. Oh, perfect. Uh, Are you kidding? You are going down, buddy. (laughs) Not a chance. Because you got the higher number, you get to go first. Okay, let let me just get the flyer here. Hold on a second. (laughs) Let's talk about Congo. We won't talk about who the designer is. Doesn't matter. The game is fantastic. (laughs) The game is great. 1995. You want to talk about a game that has just, over the years, gotten better and better and better. As it's about to celebrate 25 years now, this game is still sought after in all kinds of tournaments and by collectors because there is so much to do in this game. You want to go for gray, you want to go for diamonds, you want to uh, Amy multiball. There's just all kinds of things you can do in this game. And it gave us that incredible skill shot that we hadn't seen before where you just shoot it around you pull the plunger and you try to go into the left out lane why would i do that that's crazy no because it's worth 25 million and it's a great and your kickback still lit lots of fun i know i'm running out of time i'll talk more about congo later great game okay so i bonsai run a legendary game because this was the first game that was made by um, Pat Lawler and everyone knows how much I love Pat Lawler games I don't I don't except for a couple of games and one of them is Bonsai Run the first thing everybody knows about this game is it's got the vertical play field on the back so those people that don't know 
Look up Bonsai Run, B-A-N-Z-A-I, and, you know, have a look at what I mean by the fact that you've actually got a ball that travels up to a, you know, let's call it a vertical play field, and then you've got to battle against these other bikes because it is, it's effectively a motorbike, motocross, I guess, thing. Um, but it's not just the upper, that, that can be a bit of a gimmick, but the actual layout down below is really un- underrated. It's actually on its own. That would have been a fantastic game in its own right, just having that bottom um, layer. It's, it, it is fantastic. And then you just get the bonus. The other thing that's great about this game is um, it's got a really good light show. Um, it was kind of one of the ones that really had this really good choreography, sort of one of the first machines that really paid attention to that, um, but also great sounds as well. So Banzai Run is a fantastic game. Over to you. I won't shit too much on this game. It's one of my favorite Pat Lawler games, but it does have some problems. There are way better solid state games. The upper play field is certainly unique. It's eye-catching, but because of the gravity of it being upright and vertical, it's quick shots. You don't spend a lot of time up there. And, and if you're cradling up, uh, you can you can make those shots pretty easy. So it's a lot of rinse and repeat. Get back up, do it the same thing over and over again. The right ramp is wasted. It's not a shot you use a lot. The right spinner is wasted a lot. The captive ball is not something you go for. There's some misses there. I don't want to shit on it completely, but by far, Congo is the way better game. There's so much to do in that game. Okay. Fair enough. You make some good points. Um, and you know what? Do I like Congo? Guilty as charged. Guilty as charged. Just guilty. <laughs> Fine, yeah. Is that all you got? Are you implying John Trudeau made the game? Yes, you're right. Yes, yes. <laughs> Just in case didn't people didn't get the subtext of that. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, Congo's a really... It's a really interesting one because it's it's actually got a really kind of quirky layout. I, I'm not even going to go with the, the cheap option here of talking about the theme because everyone says how much a terrible film Congo was, right? Except for me, I actually quite liked it. But let's not talk about that, right? Because maybe that's the biggest criticism I can give of this machine is that I like the theme. Um but the problem with the layout is that people don't really understand what they're doing, what shots they're going for. It's not labelled as clearly as people would like. But also the biggest flaw that it's got is once you work out how to do the thing, which is effectively just getting diamonds, the rest of the game doesn't matter anymore. You don't actually do anything else. And... And, and that lower play field could have been so much better. It kind of, in a way, it feels kind of good doing it where you're trying to get the grey, but it just it, it's just really lacking. And you sort of do it and you go, oh, is that it? I better go back and get some diamonds because that's all you're doing. It's, it's this really interesting layout that's just underutilized. It's just not as good as people, people give it credit. You're already into the gin. You can't see the <laughs> lock lights. You can't see the diamonds that are flashing, the volcano. The lo- Oh, give me a break. No, that game no, is what so I'm spectacular. Is I, I and the resale is ridiculous. Don't you talk about your dick. Um, but, <laughs> you, you know, it, it's, it, 
the hype was real for a while. Now people are looking at going, huh, probably not as good as we thought it was. Yeah. That also could you get have been... to choose one. You get to choose one game to put in your house. Which one is it? Bonsai Run or Congo? Bonsai Run, easily. easily. Lie! Oh, you fucking liar! No, it's not. It's absolutely true. Bonsai Run is by far the better game. The truth will come out next week when the results come out, and he goes, "I was lying." Of course, I take Congo. It's the greatest game ever. It's it's so underrated. It's uh, oh, I'll buy one. I'll buy one right now. Send me an email. <laughs> For sure. Not buying Bonsai Run. <laughs> Uh, look we've just got a couple of points to, to end on just really social media watch do 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 whatever um, do, 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 do. <laughs> Super Bowl so Super Bowl happened and the reason why I'm bringing this up because there was actually two pinball related videos that came out about this time but I just wanted to ask you this question because I know you went to a Super Bowl party, therefore you must be into Super Bowl. Everyone, and I'm, I'm not at all, but people were saying that it was a really, I don't know, boring match or I don't know. What, what was the deal with Super Bowl this year? Why were people so unhappy with Super Bowl? My favorite team was in the Super Bowl, so I couldn't have been more excited for the Super Bowl. When the game actually happened, it was terrible from both teams' standpoint. They were missing passes. There was just it was just no excitement. It was it the, it was the first three quarters of the game was boring, boring, boring. So that's the problem with it. Halftime show was boring. So it just it did it was just a big miss. They've had some exciting games in years past. This one was one of the worst I've ever seen. Mm. That's why. Okay. Well, that's what I was trying to work out because if I was to watch the game, I wouldn't know what quality or is or isn't on a game like that. But I just, everybody on social media was just posting about how terrible a game it was. So I just wanted to ask why it was. Um, and also, apparently, the halftime wasn't that great as well with Maroon 5. So anyway, whatever. No. So yeah. if, if, if you're into it for the halftime entertainment, you were also disappointed this year. Um, so there's really three things that people are watching Super Bowl for. Either the game, where you're saying it's crap, the halftime entertainment, it was crap, or the ads. How were the ads this year? Anything stand out? There were some pinball videos, I guess, with Sony and the Supra uh, return. So... Um Again, if you're watching the Super Bowl for the ads, you're missing the point. You should be drunk by that point. Sure. And you can watch them the next day on YouTube. So, um, yeah, did you see the pinball ads? I saw the Supra Super Bowl one, yes. It was cool. Big deal. Yeah, big <laughs> If somebody didn't bring it to my attention, I wouldn't have noticed. I was like, oh, okay, great, wow. Yeah, it was, it was cool. I mean, it just... We are pinball nerds, right? So my take on it was, okay, it's a car that's in a an environment that somewhat resembles a pinball, but it wasn't pinball enough. It wasn't like true pinball. I mean, they had this big like, um, I don't know, it looked like a bulldozer on a rotating thing. I'm like, you never see that in a pinball. Maybe that's a deep, a, maybe that's a deep root innovation that's coming. It's actually one Red and Ted's Red and Ted's Roadshow. Yeah, that's yeah, kind of. Um, it looked cool, and you know, obviously, everybody in the pinball community was like, "Oh my god, pinball! It's it's back in mainstream." So it really wasn't. No, I agree. But I reckon the cooler of 
the um, the videos was Sony Bravia like has released like a 4K video and and it's one I think it's one of those things that's just to showcase what 4K video can look like. Have you seen that one? I have not. Have you? I have. Um, and and everyone that I've spoken to has said make that pinball machine. In fact, people I know. Oh, that, I got to look. People, people that I know. I'll, I'll link it in the show notes. But people that haven't even, you know, they're not into pinball, have looked at that and gone, "Oh my god, that looks amazing!" It's like, yeah, they don't make pinball machines like that. I wish they did. If they did, it would cost a lot more than they do at the moment. It's it's very cool, and that one's that one. Even though it's it's not quite keeping to reality and what you can do it's it's kind of highlighting what the future of pinball could look like I don't know I'm, I'm probably just hyping up a bit much but it's very cool to watch so make sure everybody well, watches that it's very cool we're going to see some new innovations this year right Jersey Jack always comes out with something if they've got two games I would guess that they have some innovation yes. your friends at Haggis yeah. are talking about something new Deep Root Correct. is definitely talking about doing pinball Absolutely. different so you will see it. We'll see it all in 2019. I think. Well, I hope so. And that's we, we don't. No one wants a revolution. We just want a bit of evolution. Well put. There you go. Um, and the last thing, I just want to do a big shout out to Buffalo Pinball because they had their four-year anniversary of streaming this week. That's very cool. Very good. That's uh, and and dedication and a good network too. So it's not easy to stream. You know, you do it with Melbourne uh, Silverball League, and congratulations to you too. Uh, just like Buffalo's four-year anniversary, you now are at four subscribers. So congratulations! <laughs> if I'm lucky, <laughs> four viewers. You know, on a on a good day. I do try to watch it, but I can't watch it live because of the timing. Yeah, but, no, I understand. No, look, you know, I, I do it for, for a bit of fun. I mean, the, last night's Beatles, we had 150 people watch. That's kind of cool. I'm happy with that. That's good, yeah. yeah. I'm all right with that. That's fun. Martin, because of who you are, if, again, the timing was different, you would have a lot more in North America where, obviously, there's a lot more pinball uh, people interested, so you probably have people watching it after the fact, like myself. Yeah, probably, yeah. I do, I do get a lot of views after. Um, so, what what's happening on Pinball Profile? What's coming up? You said you've got seven interviews in the bag. What should we look forward to coming up? This week, you will hear Joe Katz from Jersey Jack, a game programmer that will be out uh, probably Tuesday. All right, because you're coming out on Monday. I don't want to steal any thunder, so sure. that'll come out Tuesday. <laughs> Uh, on Valent on Valentine's Day from Pittsburgh, John and AJ Replogle. They are a big part of Papa, and uh, they also run the Pinball Dojo. So we'll hear from them. Uh, Antoinette Johnson. Right. Yeah, Antoinette Johnson will be on soon, and a whole list of other people. So uh, it's going to be fun for you and others to hear about these people outside of. Uh, uh, their normal lives and and to get to know them a little bit better because they're they're interesting people. And you were also on the This Week in Pinball podcast this week as well. How'd that go for you? It was great. It was uh, you know I've only met Zach once and he'll be coming on later on this month because he's also opened a new arcade, flipping out flipping arcade out. Yeah. in Indiana. Yeah. So um, uh, yeah, I, I had fun for sure. We gave a lot of props to Head to Head uh, in that episode as we should and. I'm telling you, man. I'm not just blowing smoke up here, but uh, this is uh, this this head-to-head thing is a lot of fun. Anytime I can 
help out in any possible way. The, uh, the, I'm always there because it's just such a fun show to be a part of. And uh, I know Ryan feels the same way you do it. it. You get that back. So Twippies or not, you know you're doing a you know you're doing a great job. And I do hope you win the Twippies, but uh, <laughs> but 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 if, but if you don't, that should there shouldn't be any disappointment. I will, and unfortunately, I will sleep really well either way. Well, you'll be hammered. I know you're going to be <laughs> TPF. You're going to be. <laughs> That's what I mean. You'll be partying with Mrs. Pin in her gold lame outfit. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. So we're only a few more weeks away from Texas Pinball Festival. I am very much looking forward to it. Are you aren't going? Oh, are we still decided, undecided? I have two trips in March already. I'm in Chicago in the second week, and the last week I'm in Las Vegas. So am I going to go back-to-back? Probably not. I nah, would say there's maybe right. 20, 20, 25% chance. Yeah. So you're saying that there's a chance. It's not, the door's not closed, but uh, again, I screwed up. I didn't get in the tournament. And so for me to go there yeah, and not yeah. be in the tournament, that would drive me nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. Yeah. Whereas well, I've said, I'm, I'm actually really looking forward to not being in a tournament this time so I can actually just spend a couple of days talking to people and just playing machines casually. I think that's going to be a bit of fun. Cool. You'll have a great time. Yeah. Well, thank you very much again, Jeff. You said if there's any way you can help us, you may be back on in a couple of weeks. Who knows how long (laughs) Ryan's going to be in jail for? (laughs) Uh Thanks for doing this. It's you know how much I love you guys and, and coming on this show. And uh, we it, people don't know, or maybe they can gather. We talk to each other probably not daily, but certainly weekly. You know, yeah. You know, we're in communication all the time. It's funny. So how far away we are. And by the way, start planning because next late next year, late January, early February. My Australian tour happens. Damn it, there better be a tournament uh, happening. And uh, I want to see some of my Australian friends. And uh, I'm, I'm going all over, too. I'm going uh, west. I'm going east coast. Uh, the, sorry, Gold Coast, Sydney. I'm doing Melbourne. I'm hitting Perth and then going uh, to some of the islands. And it's going to be a good time. Yeah, you're going to have a great Next time. year. And, and you're coming at a good time. Yeah. It'll be summer. So it'll be perfect weather for you as well. Yay! Awesome. All right. Thanks, mate. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, We will speak to you again next week. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you.